Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. We got a rainy, cold day out there today. And since this is recorded on Monday, I do not know if we are having a game tonight or not. We don't know. Our GM may be been, may not be able to get online, so we'll find out what's going on there. At any rate, I've got a few things going here anyway. i got to do my Inktober sketch and all that other good stuff that I do at this time of year. But I was thinking about the things I use to make adventures, and we will talk about that again. I just sort of want to kind of narrow it down, if you know what I mean. And we will talk about that after this. Okay, before we get into it, I got a voicemail from John Allen Large. I'm going to start thinking of him as super fan, super fan. But anyway, he wants to talk about when I we talked about the mirror thing that uh, Jason Saturno set in, sent in, and he had his own thoughts on it. So go ahead, John. Hey there, Glenn. It's John here from the Red Dice Diaries. I'm just listening to your latest episode, and I've just heard the your advice on the, the whole teleporting mirror thing. And I was thinking one additional possibility that might be cool is what if if you put the, the mirror against the floor so it bars any sort of egress through it, perhaps the people trying to use it are trapped in a strange sort of mirror dimension. And I believe a sort of mirror, mirror dimension or mirror plane was sort of brought up in one of the editions, possibly 3.5, I forget. But that could be another interesting thing, you know, because you're sort of stuck halfway between. Maybe you're stuck in this strange sort of weird reflected world. Anyway, just a thought. I'm going to get back to the rest of the episode. Take care and I'll catch you soon. Thank you, John. I appreciate that. Yeah, I never thought of that, putting it up against the door. That way, both sides are kind of, you know, they it's kind of secure on one side. You got a mirror up against it. They can't get through. On the other side, they walk through the, they walk, try to walk out the door. They walk through the mirror, and they're in another dimension. I love that. That is great. Thanks, John. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, I've got some go-tos. When I come up with an adventure... When I try to come up with an adventure anyway, first thing I do is think about it, how I want to go about it. It all starts in my mind, and that's where it should start with you. You know, pull out the old graph paper, start putting some bullet points out down. Now, I'm assuming I already have a campaign world, if I'm using one or my own. So I pretty much know what it's going to be like as far as tone goes. But what to do? Well, that's another story. You know, I fall back on things like the bullet points and the clock. Remember the adventure clock? That kind of thing. Make sure I have my, you know, benchmarks in place and all that. Because every every adventure, every world needs kind of a kind of a, a standard like here's the Here's the line. Here's the here's the standard line, and everybody goes above or below it. But anyway, that's something else I should talk about, but I'll do that in another episode. Anyway, I've got a lot of stuff, aside from my notes, that I could lean on. I've got the toolbox books, toolbox and ultimate toolbox. I've got Tome of Adventure Design. I've got another 
couple of books that I made up, The Referee's Game Book and The Referee's Reference, which consists mostly of reference tables and other things that I have gleaned off the internet or just, you know, photocopied out of books. Most, mostly it's like I, I just print out certain PDF pages. And I remember replacing half of it was with the, uh, was it, is it Game Master's Lore Book from Pathfinder 1E, first edition? Yeah, because I found as much as I don't care for Pathfinder, they do put out some good stuff sometime for reference. So I got myself a PDF of that, and I, I photocopied stuff out. Plus, I got some stuff I'm actually, when I was doing Tunnels and Trolls, I still got Tunnels and Trolls stuff in there that comes in handy from what I'm doing. But, you know, you gotta you got to narrow it down. You got to narrow it down. So I mainly use the graph paper, clock, and my two either Ultimate Toolbox or Tome Venture Design. They're both excellent. But I keep the other stuff around. I mean, I've gotten rid of stuff before. I figured, well, I've got it on PDF on the hard drive. So, But I've... I've gotten rid of stuff before, but I keep those two books down there, the Referee's, Lore, uh, Referee's Game Book and Referee's Reference, because sometimes you have to go, you have to go outside the box. Sometimes you come up with something where you go, hmm, I don't know how to proceed with this. Maybe these other things can give me an idea. They're for backup. I've also got stuff like the 1E Random Encounter Tables in there for Wilderness and Dungeon. Those come in handy, even though I do have the 1E books. But using that in conjunction with everything else, I've got that for other systems too, like I've got the Wisdom of the Wastelands for Mutant Future and other things like that, all the printouts from those. I've got the Deviant databases from from for Mutant Future, you know, other games like that. But I need, I, I need a, ba you need a base route. What I'm saying is you mean it, <clears throat> Excuse me. You need a base reference for what you're going to use for that adventure. And my base reference is the two toolbox books and the Tome of Adventure Design. Tome of Adventure Design is great because it makes my mind go. I've also got books like Engine Publishing's Eureka, which is something like what is and they're all plot hooks for for that kind of thing. I could thumb through that. I, you know, once I get the idea of a game, I'll do anything. I'll go through anything I have. So, but it's good to have at least one or two books you can rely on. So I've, that's what I got. I, I recommend everybody do that once they start, you know, doing their own campaign, things like that. You got to know if you've got an overarching campaign arc, fine, but you need stuff to hang on to that arc. Remember, it's like a clothesline. Think of it as a clothesline, an arc, and you hang plots on it, that kind of thing. You and even if it's a sandbox, you gotta know, you know, you gotta have some rough idea of where they're gonna go and what kind of trouble they're gonna get into in what area. I love sandboxes, as you know. I've got the the Frog God sandbox, uh, one hex uh, hex crawl hex crawl. I can't think of the name right now. But the hex crawl stuff. I've got Carcosa. I've got Isle of the Unknown. Those are all sandboxes. And any others I can find, I will use because they give you great ideas when you read through them. So that's my recommendation. 
on what to do for basics and what to do when you need that extra spark. Anyway, so I'm going to go start my day. And if you want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognar@gmail.com, or you can drop a voicemail in Anchor. We're monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. Thanks again to Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, Jason, John Allen, and Michael. Thank you, guys. Don't forget Dan Gregg's, Dan Gregg's The Young Y-U-N-G, Young Grognar Podcast. Uh, Mark C. Wallring's The Yawning Albear Podcast. Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries. And my friend Eric Tenkar's Tavern Chat. And so, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.